Hey, Dr. Mike here. How long is too long for leftovers? Hmm, stay tuned to find out this and other food safety facts with our expert RD guest, Toby Amador. You're listening to Live Foreverish, a show dedicated to helping you live just a little longer. Here's your host, Dr. Mike and Dr. Crystal Gosser. Um, so, Dr. Crystal. Yes. I know you would never let leftovers in your house. You, I mean, I know you're always fresh food. I and... don't know, Dr. Mike. <laughs> I have a dirty little secret. Ah, well, you have, you have kids. You have, come on, you got a I know, won't give husband. them the leftovers, but I will eat it. Yeah. I'm the leftover queen. Yeah. I... I'm okay with. I mean, I, I listen. It, it's I, I, you don't want to waste food. So I, my, the biggest leftover I'll do is if it's for dinner and there's some leftover, I'll have that for lunch. That's the most I can do with leftovers. So, okay. but I'm sure with kids and stuff. Well, you eat it, whatever. So <laughs> anyway, so we, what a great what a great topic that we have today. It's really all about food safety, right? Yes. Food safety, um, and we have really one of the. Famous registered dietitians out there, don't we? She is famous. Yeah, Toby Amador. <laughs> um, she's the founder of Toby Amador Nutrition. Um, she's, I mean, how many places has she been? How many, how many shows has she been on? I, I mean, it goes on and on and on. Her latest cookbook, Up Your Veggies: Flexitarian Recipes for the Whole Family, that comes out in October uh, 2023. Toby, welcome to Live Forever. Thanks so much for having me. I love talking food safety. No, that's great. <laughs> you know, I, obviously, I mean, you 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 have a very long bio, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and so maybe we can sprinkle some of that in things that you want people to know about yourself, kind of as we go. Yes. Um, um. Through through the interview, but let's just let's just start off. I you know we like to give our we tease our audience, and we want to start right with the what we're talking about with them. Get so into it. so so Toby, what are top food safety issues out there? Um, So a few top food safety issues. Yes, leftovers, holding leftovers, like how how long you're supposed to keep them out, but also cooking temperatures, um, keeping the food at the right temperatures, cross-contamination. These are just some of your uh, kind of the CDC put together a list for food service establishments, but it also has to do with with your, your personal home as well. Those are some big ones. And and washing hands, personal hygiene, washing hands. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A big one I in, in my kitchen with my son, Nate, mm-hmm. is cross-contamination because he has this habit of, like, taking raw chicken and he's, when he wants to bake it, right? Yeah. He'll take out the raw chicken, he puts it into, like, the, the, the pan, and then he'll touch, like, a, a, a towel or something. And then he'll be like, oh, I got to wash my hands. And he washes that. And then he dries with the same towel. That was just had the raw chicken all over it. I'm right. like, no, Nate, 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 no, no, get a clean paper studio. <laughs> so I, I kind of, I see this in my own house. Yes, <laughs> yes. Well, you know, I'm, and we weren't going to talk about hand washing, but yeah, yeah, let's start there with the basics. I always tell my kids, as soon as we get home from school, those little dirty hands go straight to the bathroom. <laughs> Wash those hands before you come in this kitchen. You want to help me prep yeah. dinner, and I say, uh, uh-uh. uh. Nope. Let's get those hands clean. Right. So yeah, I think that's that's number one. That's number one. But now let's. You, we did want to talk a little bit more about cross contamination because I also watch a lot of food shows, Toby, um, and I kind of see cross contamination on the food shows. <laughs> okay. Yeah, let's I mean, talk we're talking about big big network future. shows, right? Yeah. So tell us a little bit about what truly is cross contamination, and and what should we be doing so it doesn't happen? 
Um, okay, so cross-contamination is when you transfer some pathogenic microorganism like bacteria that can make you potentially sick and you transfer it from one surface to the other. So your um, the most popular example is you cut your raw chicken and then with the same hands, with the same cutting board, with the same knife, um, you prepare fresh vegetables that will no longer be cooking. So those bacteria, let's say salmonella, go from the raw chicken uh, are transferred to the fruit. Now it may seem, you know, harmless. Uh, the problem is if you leave these foods out for a long period of time, the bacteria can grow to high levels mm. that can make you sick. So you want to minimize that cross-contamination. Yeah. Now, one strategy I've always learned um, when you think about the cutting board is you have a cutting board for produce and you have a, yeah. a separate one mm -hmm. for handling meat or you know or raw meat do is that necessary or i don't is it have just... you know something some there's there's two main ways so one of them is yes you can and in food service establishments like restaurants they actually have color-coded boards and a signage I, yeah I it's really fun yeah, yeah, yeah. like blue yeah. for fish and green for veggies I, but see what, but mine, I didn't like it because I'll explain it to you, Crystal, because okay. you look, you look like you're amazed by this. Yeah. It's basically the cutting board and there's like this little slot that you can take these food grade plastics out. Like one is red for meat one, and you put it on. But I found it to be kind of dangerous because the, the, the plastic shifted a little bit as you're trying to cut and stuff. Oh, so I stopped using that one, but it's a good idea. I, I like it in theory. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Anyways. So, but you oh, can, wow, you can so still use two different ones. Like you can, you know, you can designate one cutting board for fresh and one cutting board that's what for I raw. Right. And mm -hmm. yeah, and that would do it. And I also would look at the surface that you're using. A lot of times those um, kind of quote unquote plastic, but they're food grade, you know, more synthetic um, can run through a dishwasher. And I do use a synthetic. So I'll run it through a dishwasher or I'll make sure you can use soap and water, but you have to use like a nice stiff bristled brush to get through if there are any grooves mm. over there. Yeah. And then you want to clean and sanitize the whole area. Uh, then don't use the same knife or the same tools that you used before too. Um, so that that's your two options. Yeah. Yeah. So think, you should need, you need two boards. At yeah, least. yeah. And, and looking at the, um, the boards, I'm happy you brought up the type of board because they're the wood boards. And I think those are, to me, more difficult to clean than kind of the synthetic board. Do you have a prep? I, I guess your preference I like the ones, is the synthetic. Do you can I, one harbor more contamination than, than another type? Than the, so the acrylic type? boards are designed for home use, but there are if you use hardwood like maple or oak, those are OK. Um, however, once you start to see grooves, in any of the boards, then it's time to change it because then the bacteria that's, are harboring in that are. area. Yeah, that's, they like those grooves. They get in there, right? It's like oh, trenches, no. right? They're getting yeah. ready for war. Um, I want to, let's move this. Okay, so that's that's great for, about the boards. Keep in mind cross-contamination, mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff. I want I want to get into temperature because I think this is a, a big yeah. com a conversation for people. Um, and I want to begin this by not talking about cooking to a certain temperature, but, a, but about defrosting meat. Mm -hmm. And... Because here's what my dad would do. I mean, I, I see that. I, I lived with it. My dad would take out, let's say, chicken again, right? Mm -hmm. He would take it out before he left for work in the morning, which was really early, like 5 o'clock in the morning, right? Yes. He would take out the chicken for dinner that night, and he would put it on the counter. That chicken would thaw, 
and it would sit on that counter until he came back and my mom got back and everybody started. I mean, probably until 7 p.m. It's just it was just sitting there. And I always wondered, is that really is that the best way to thaw? Yeah. Should it be thawed in a refrigerator? Like, what's your thought on that part? So, first of all, let me tell you, in my house, when my mother did that, the German Shepherd dog ate. <laughs> 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 yeah. so you didn't have to worry about it so much. The dog did. Um, like, oh, yeah, but there are actually, me. uh, there's several ways you could defrost. So for pieces of meat, um, let's say you have chicken breast, you have a pound or two of chicken breast, then you move it to the refrigerator a day or two before, because sometimes if you move it like 11 PM, the next, you know, the night before by seven, it may not be hundred percent defrosted if everything is mm-hmm. together. So you move it a day or two before, if it's still a little frozen, you can put it in, um, like a bowl with, uh, with water and you can defrost it just every half hour you have to change the water so Ah. that's another way um and then and you can use them in conjunction so oh my gosh i didn't defrost it on time in the fridge it's still a little frozen let me just take one or two rounds in in the you know in the kitchen sink the microwave yes you can do it um the problem with the microwave uneven distribution of heat we know this so the guideline is to then cook it right away after because it already partially cooked it any which way you'd like, continue cooking in the microwave, stove, top, grill, whatever you'd like. Yeah. All right. So uh, let's talk about now the cooking process yeah. and getting that food cooked to what's called safe, minimal, internal temperatures. Medium rare beef. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. Go on. So I'm sure you're going to say you shouldn't eat any food, ideally rare. Right. Actually, I have to say, okay, so here's a question for you guys. Let's see if you can figure it out. Okay. Okay. So why does a (laughs) pizza, so why does she, she's the, she's the student of the group, just so you know, (laughs) she's the serious student. So why is a piece of, let's say steak, uh, the minimum internal cooking temperature is actually lower than a piece of, uh, ground beef, like for a hamburger. It's about oh, 10 I degrees know. lower. Mm-hmm. I know. He knows because he watches the all the cooking channels ooh, all ooh, day. I know. <laughs> I'm a good student, Hannah, right now. Okay. Go on. Um, because hamburger <laughs> is often a collection of different meats coming together and ground, and that grounding puts all the bacteria throughout the whole thing. Right. And then Boom! Is that it? <laughs> that is. I'm kicking everything yeah. over here, so I try. So you want to go up. So it's about 155. I know the food service numbers, the sometimes it just changes for, for home use, but it's around 155 degrees for a hamburger, 145 degrees Fahrenheit for a piece of steak. Rare is okay. Why? Because like not for burgers, but I'm okay. And I actually like it medium rare because yeah. the surface is where the bacteria is. And as long as it's getting a good cook yeah. on the outside. I like Toby. She, she eats like I'm I okay. do. <laughs> I don't feel, I don't like well done. It doesn't taste, you know, it's it doesn't not, taste I want, good. Yeah. No, I want to kind of a little it's, more. It's, it's so, but the only way to really do this then, right? People need thermometers. You got to check. Correct. Correct. I would. And if you don't want to memorize temperatures, they actually have built in temperatures um, into thermometers where it tells you, you just put what meat you're doing and you're done or it has a little cart right next to it. Um, But thermometer is just a basic one. It's like 10 or $10. You can find some. Now I'm curious and I didn't look it up, but are there any new technologies? Because I've tried the thermometers. I just, 
for some reason, they just don't work well in my kitchen. I, I feel like they always break. Well, how are you putting it in? Like, what I do you don't do? know. It's, I don't know. Something is not working You just right. put it in the thing. Well, um, uh, let's hear the expert how to use it. Tell maybe. us. And I know there are ways where you can kind of touch it. And it's like if it's done, See, it feels like yeah. the inner No, the touching part. research shows that I, by just, they actually did some research on burgers. And by visual cues, they realized that a nice large percentage of it were, were not reaching the minimum internal cooking temperatures. Uh-huh. So looking at it is not, go- is not good enough. All right. There so, you have it. So, how, so do, do you want to? Do teach? they have any temperature guns? <laughs> like, yeah, you know they take the. They temperature. do. That surface temperature won't tell you the internal temperature. Like for chocolates, okay. they'll use Just some of those. Just like, how to do a thermometer? Yeah. You put it okay. in the I thickest it, part of the meat. Two right? inches. Yeah. The bottom two inches only. Yeah. You don't want to jab the whole thing in. Yeah. And okay. If, if there's bone in it, get it, don't go on the bone because the bone's always going to be the hottest. Okay. See. There you are. We're learning. That's why we're you're, having you're, this show. You're learning. <laughs> yeah. So um, the other thing with, um, with uh, you know, temperature, keeping kind of in, in line for that, um, obviously the, the, the pork, the chicken, those are going to be um, at the higher. But I think for me, I question this a lot, and I know I, know, I think a lot of people question, where does fish fall into all this? Like, because yeah. I'll give you an example. I'll give you an example. I like my salmon a little on the pink side in the middle. Is mm-hmm. that is that as is that bad? Am I doing something wrong or? Well, one of the main issues there's a couple of things with fish. So fish, um, it depends. They do come with um, parasites sometimes or worms you might see in them, and that that just the larva it happens in there. But if you cook it to the minimum internal cooking temperature, and there is something by chance in there it will actually destroy it. And that's 145 degrees Fahrenheit. Another thing, like something like sushi, when you're eating raw fish, um, what you want to look for is sushi grade fish. So it's specifically made a lot of times they're deep frozen, they're frozen specific temperatures. And I don't know if you notice when you go to a sushi bar, the chef has like very thin pieces of fish. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's because they can freeze it. And if they freeze it in, in those thin pieces, then anything that's in there, more parasites, bacteria won't necessarily be frozen out, but parasites would be destroyed that way. Um, but again, oh, you're looking for sushi grade fish. Yeah. But they're yeah. also very sensitive foods. So you don't want to go, you know, cooking them in the highest temperature possible. Right. So a yeah. nice little quick cook to 145 degrees Fahrenheit and you're okay. See, I just learned something because like I do watch a lot of food network mm-hmm. stuff, food mm-hmm. channel stuff. I'm kind of a foodie. I like to play around with cooking and stuff. I'm really not all that great. I get, I don't pay attention enough to be a good, <laughs> to be a good cook or anything. But you see pictures of sushi like on TV or on those shows and they're nice big thick pieces and I'm like, Oh, that looks so good and then you get your you go to your restaurant and it's not anything close. You're yeah. like but now I understand they're maybe they're it's frozen, they're doing thinner slices. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Okay. So So uh next question. I know we're blasting you with questions here. Oh no, go <laughs> I love back it. Back changing <laughs> topics. But there's so much to cover on this I know, topic. I know. So let's talk about the danger zone. Um, and can you share with our listeners what that danger zone, what, what we mean, what I mean when, when we're saying the danger zone and how that can be avoided at your next cookout? The danger, like this is for parties and stuff? Is that what? Yes. Yeah, so oh. th- it's for anything. To- <laughs> oh. it, so here, let me go. Okay. So it's actually called the time temperature danger zone because it has two okay. components time and temperature. So the guideline is bacteria thrive between temperatures of 41 to, um, 
I think it's 40. Again, they, they vary it depending on the research. So 40 to 140. Um, bacteria just love, love, love to thrive at that temperature. So our refrigerators on the bottom end, 41, it actually is about 37, 38. So if you keep, that's why we keep the food in, the, in, in, at that temperature, because it's below the way bacteria will thrive. So bacteria can slowly grow in your fridge. And hence, if you keep a piece of meat there for a week or two, it'll start to smell. Bacteria could definitely have grown on that and probably have. Um, and then the other end is cooking, right? 140, we cook to minimum internal temperatures, usually 145, 150, 165 is poultry. So we go on that end. So you want to keep the food out of the danger zone. The time is four hours maximum. Okay. I mean, less is better. And like with leftovers, I know you were asking about leftovers. Uh, the recommendation actually is no more than two hours in that danger zone or room temperature, we say, because that is room temperature yeah, um, mm -hmm. yeah. for your leftovers, because this time also accumulates throughout your handling that food. So no more than two hours. And if it's over 90 degrees, like in the summertime cookouts, then no more than one hour to keep that food out. That's not refrigerated, not heated, not anything like wow. just on the yeah. counter. Yeah. So it's like yeah. those cocktail meatballs that I like when you go to someone's yes. party, mm -hmm. you know, those things sitting there. You, right. I could eat a ton of them. You got to make sure that they haven't been sitting out for four or five hours. I, but oftentimes but you, they have. I know that's the problem. <laughs> I know. Well, that's why there there are some tricks of the trade. So if you look small batches as an example, so don't cook in a cookout like you bring all your meat. Don't cook them all at once. Cook them in small batches. Keep the rest in the cooler. So then as people, you know, you don't want to put everything out at once as people continue. Oh, now I want a hot dog. Oh, now I want a hamburger. You know, keep keep putting them mm -hmm. out. You know, you don't have to fill your belly so quickly either. <laughs> So, and then now when you start thinking about the, the original teaser with the leftovers, if, if the food has been out, say, for a couple of hours in, you know, room temperature, the danger zone, yeah. then those foods you probably should not keep for leftovers. Do you, or. Right. And, and you're be, talking, right. You're talking about not like a slice of bread. That's not a dangerous right. food or hazardous food. You're talking about cooked meats. You're talking even raw meat if it sits there for that long. Um, cooked pasta salad that has mayo, cooked um, like, um, oh, a deli meat that sits outside the refrigerator is a good example too. So, you know, mm -hmm. let's say you made yourself a turkey sandwich or whatnot. Um, so, you know, those type of things is, is more what you're talking about. So, so I think a key tip here too for the audience, uh, refrigerators, I need to check mine. It, it should be at 38, 39 degrees? Is that kind yeah, of Yeah, 41 is the max of what the temperature should keep. I so you check. set your refrigerator a little bit lower. Yeah, actually, when I did my master's thesis, I looked at some research and they found that many home refrigerators were over 50 degrees. And then the oven, too, was not calibrated. Yeah, it's very interesting. Mm -hmm. I think I would recognize that. That's kind of warm for a fridge, but I just want to. I, I think I'm. I think I'm pretty. If I'm not 38 ish, I'm pretty close. I think because mine's pretty cool. Now I have to go check. Yeah, because you, you, you eat all those leftovers. You I better so. go check. Uh, so you, I'm. Well, I guess I, Dr. Mike and I, we kind of like to take turns, but I have another question oh. about something you said about the like the pasta salad and it having mayonnaise. And I've always thought like if it has mayonnaise in there, you better make sure you keep it nice and cold. So I'm kind of thinking, are there certain food components or foods that are more vulnerable to 
kind of spoiling faster in that danger and zone. being more vulnerable in that danger that's a zone. Good question. Yeah, I like that. yeah that, that is a very good question. And, and bacteria specifically, they like um, carbs and protein. Those are the two things. So if you have a bottle of olive oil, that's not the, that's not the big issue. So if you even have some cooked pasta, uh, cooked rice, a bacteria called Bacillus cirrus likes to be on that one. Um, mm -hmm. So meats uh, like chicken, salmonella, uh, even cheese, because it is has carbs and protein in it. Like a brie cheese has listeria, could have. Oh, but no, uh, but cheese yeah. has to be room temperature. It's when the flavor comes out, it's so good. Okay, so what do we do? What did we just learn? Batch. Don't leave do it out batches. too long. Time. And <laughs> time. Time is important too. <laughs> See, we're we're both really great students. <laughs> <laughs> time in temperature let's um let's move on into i think what some people religiously follow and then there's a group that never but there's two types of people in the world those that religiously follow expiration dates and those mm. that never look at an expiration date so help us there how 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 accurate is an expiration date on a food label okay so let's first differentiate an expiration date is when the minute that date comes, the food is no good again. It only is for baby food, um, some baby food formula, and some milk. That's it. Mm -hmm. Okay? That's mm -hmm. it. The rest is called a use-by date or sell-by date. Mm -hmm. And that is an, a date the food manufacturer puts on the label for quality purposes. You can still eat the food after that use-by date. It is not an expiration date. So if your yogurt said yesterday and you have it in the fridge and you open it and you're using your senses and it's just fine, it's okay. The quality there though, and the degradation. So if you have like rice and it has a use by date and you use it six months later, the quality may not be a hundred percent as it was mm -hmm. because it does start to degrade after a certain time. And the mm -hmm. nutrients, let's say you have something there for a couple of years, which you can, um, the degradation of the nutrients can happen as well. It doesn't mean you're going to get zero, about, but you're going to get less. Yeah. yeah. Uh, supplementation. We've mentioned right. this before. Right. You know, that expiration date. It's not that, okay, if it's a couple months, it's safe. Mm -hmm. The only thing we can't guarantee is maybe it's the dosing's gone down a little bit. Yeah. The, the standardization's right. gone down a little bit. So it's kind of mm -hmm. the same idea. Okay. Yep. So we're heading into, those of you who are listening, it is June, yeah. right? We're heading we're into the summer months. Summer camp. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, so can you share some tips for for those parents that or maybe even for people going to work, packing their lunches? What are we doing wrong and what could we do better? Like that that uh, deli sandwich, your turkey and cheese sandwich. Yeah. Do you really need an ice pack uh, or is it OK? Are there certain foods where I where eat mine it, too fast? Okay. I don't have to worry about <laughs> stuff like that. Any tips for packing lunch? So, I mean, ice packs help. Research still shows that those foods can go into that time temperature danger zone. And ideally, which camps do now, at least when my kids, even five, 10 years ago when they were in camp, um, ask the camp how they're holding the food. A lot of times they do have a refrigerator specifically in the winter time, in the summertime, because it gets so hot out and it is a danger to the food. Um, the ice packs will help a little, but if, you know, the kids lunch, you're packing at six, seven o'clock and the kids lunch is at 12 one, that's a long time and it is potentially dangerous. So I would definitely suggest doing that. 
The other thing, if you don't have that capability, then you can even freeze water bottles, a juice box, you know, and put it in there and then make that like an extra ice pack. Poor kid doesn't have to carry around like the 30 oh, ice packs yeah. in there. Yeah. Are, are your kids going to summer camp? They are. They I, start I, next week. Well, you should make sure there's a fridge. Don't look, don't don't believe what they say. We, Go we find have the our fridge. Orientation this weekend. Go look so in I the fridge ask. and check definitely that, ask. Check I the always temperature. ask. Yeah. Make sure it's They're thirty-eight. Gonna say, oh, this parent. Yeah. Well, <laughs> do it. Okay. <laughs> um, let's move. Okay. So the next part of this is kind of like a a game. We're gonna. How are we gonna do this? You want to have her quit? Like. We'll say the food, and we'll say whether it needs to be refrigerated or not, yes. and then she can tell us if we're wrong. Mm-hmm. So we have a list of things here, Toby. Um, sure. Uh, and, and we're just going to say it, and then we'll both kind of give our opinion whether it needs to be refrigerated or not, and then you can correct us. Okay, okay. that's good. So okay. to refrigerate or not yeah. to refrigerate. Number one, ketchup. Not. Not. Okay, first, let's differentiate. <laughs> I'm like game spoiler here. (laughs) Is it a closed or have you opened it already? It's open. It's open, but it has the cap and everything. Right, right. So you opened it. it. The seal has been. The seal has been opened. Okay. Okay. So, I mean, I would refrigerate, recommend refrigerating it for quality. Um, Some, you have to also look some of the. you really don't necessarily have to, but I would refer. I would recommend refrigerating it. Um, I also would look at some of the ketchups now that they don't put as many preservatives in some items. Always read yeah. the label. That's another thing. But in general, like your general, you really don't. But I like to. If, if okay. that's an all right. Answer. So we were that we're, we got it. We got a C minus okay. so far. Okay. All right. Um, to fridge or not fridge, mustard. I, I, I don't. I don't think so. Now, I don't, I don't, I don't, it's, no, no. You just answered. say your answer. No. <laughs> no. No. You don't. You don't need. Once you again. Once you open it, you don't need to refrigerate it. Yeah. Yeah. Don't. You got to just say the answer. Don't try okay. to. You're, right. Okay. Now you want to refrigerate or not to refrigerate? Hot sauce. Uh, no. 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 You don't have Yay! to. And a lot of times the acidity, it. so it, it has a pH that bacteria really don't like. The only thing is don't keep it next to your stove. That can degrade it. Yeah, okay. Oh, We're talking okay. about, yeah, nice, cool place. So that's yeah, the assumption. that first cabinet next no, yeah, that Because that gets hot. It does. Oops. Okay, okay, ready? Next one, refridge or no fridge, maple syrup. I know this one. Yes. Yeah. Yes, because I have no idea. I'm just going to so you open them once you open it. So clothes can sit in your pantry. Once you open it, it actually says on the hundred percent maple syrup refrigerate. Yes, and I I did it wrong for years. And like maybe a year ago, my husband said, "Hey, did you see we're supposed to be refrigerating this?" So yeah, uh, that's great. Now, now I know. You, did you come up with this list? Because this next one's kind of funny. I did. Like why? <laughs> I've never heard you talk about this before. Well, I've started eating them. You should <laughs> now that you just okay. All right, refrigerate or not refrigerate? Beef sticks? Yeah, you know those beef <laughs> kind of like jerky. The, yeah. the beef sticks. Ah, uh, there's so many preservatives in that. Nothing's going to grow. You don't have to. Re- I say yes. Them. All right. So if it is vacuum sealed, right? You don't have to. You see them in the stores, non refrigerated. However. Yeah. 
if you're only eating half a stick and you opened it and it's exposed to the oxygen and exposed mm-hmm. to the air, you do want to refrigerate it after she opening. She eats the whole thing. She, there's no half eating over here. <laughs> okay, so then you don't have to. And you can see, and you know something, there's always exceptions. Again, you're, I'm seeing like, because I get a lot of samples because I do a lot of media. I see like you're going to, you, on this list, you could have put like energy bars or, you know, and now oh, yeah. I'm receiving some and no, you don't have to, but I'm receiving some that say, yes, you have to refrigerate. Maybe oils. So you just need to read. I yeah. Guess, the label. Yeah. Like, like oils and stuff, maybe because some of them are maybe putting MCT. So. Okay. I'm going to change this last one. I'm changing it. Okay. I got my okay. own. Okay. So you, you don't even know what it is. Uh-oh. <laughs> refridge or not refridge? Eggs. <gasps> That's a good one. Woo-hoo. Well, I see. I watch a lot of Little House on the Prairie. Wait, Hannah, you want? You got something to say? <laughs> they don't have refrigeration, and they always have the eggs. And but those are <laughs> de- that's like back in the day. I think the eggs on Little House on the Prairie are not the same eggs that we're eating today. So I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say no. Okay, so in the U.S., yes for refrigeration, and why? Do you know why? Because we're silly. <laughs> no. Oh, because it has to, do they pasture or do they pasteurize them? Or? No, when they, I've actually been on two egg farms. It's really cool to watch the girls Ooh. lay their eggs and then take them when they're warm. And so what they actually do is they wash them. And so washing them takes off the outer layer and that outer layer protects against the, you know, some of the microorganisms. But in that case too, that's why they're pasteurizing, you know, like they're, they're cleaning them in that sense. So you know, and uh, and that's why they have to be refrigerated because if they mm-hmm. maintain under forty one degrees or forty degrees, then um, it'll you know minimize bacterial growth in that respect. Oh, but that's why Little House on the Prairie they didn't have that. Um, they didn't do all what we do. <laughs> so that that's that why you see other countries, other countries too. If they don't do that rinsing process, then um, they don't hey, have to refrigerate so, it. So Toby, our production team is getting really into this. <laughs> and they're flashing foods to ask you. So we're going to we're going to give them one. One of the ones they both wanted was rice, where the rice should be refrigerated oh. or not. I would say no. Go, yeah. Crystal. I say it? no. OK, were you guys listening when I explained stuff? Yeah. Because remember, OK, listen, what did I say bacteria <laughs> like? What type of food? Carbs. Carbs. Thank you. Yes, we you were, were listening. You were. So it's specifically the the uncooked rice doesn't have that moisture level the bacteria like. So mm. if it's uncooked, that's why I always differentiate. If it's just a package you bought from the store, just that's fine. Pantry. You cook yeah. it. You're increasing the moisture. It's a heat treated plant food. It's it's a cooked plant food. Yeah. Then and a carb. So yes. That has to be refrigerated. Like it. Right. So I knew you were listening. That's pretty good. I, know. I think we did okay. I think we did okay. I don't know. what. How would you give us our grade? Oh, of course, you want a grade. See, that's, that's the student. She wants a grade. You know something? For the fact that you're interested and want to learn and want to progress your knowledge, that's always an A+. Oh, we got C. We like Toby. Matter of fact, you're listening to Toby Amador. She is the founder of Toby Amador Nutrition. She's a Wall Street Journal best-selling author of 10 cookbooks, and she has a recent one coming up, Up Your Veggies, a flexitarian recipe for the whole family. comes out in October of this year. Basically, Toby is the type of person that has a bio that makes me feel like I'm a slacker. 
and that's fine. She's a, she's pretty a, impressive. She's well known in the RD world, the registered dietitian world, and we were very happy that you could come on today. Toby, if somebody wants to learn more about you and what you do, how can they find you? Sure, you can find me on my website, tobyamadornutrition.com, and I'm also on all the social channels, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, all the good stuff. All the good stuff. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. Really interesting topic. You're listening to Live Foreverish. Don't forget, you go to liveforeverish.com where Dr. Crystal is going to demonstrate the one-two punch with the sound effects. That's awesome. <laughs> um, the one, the first punch is give the email, right? And yes. you can join the family. You'll receive a really cool newsletter, um, which is packed of great science information from our sponsor, Life Extension. The second punch is to go ahead and sponsor right there at liveforeverish.com. Uh, that way you never miss a show. And while you're there, you might as well listen to more shows. We hit yes. 400. That's right. That's exciting. It's been a ride, Dr. Mike. Yeah, it's, it's, been, it's definitely been a ride. So uh, download, like, share, and of course, do the one-two punch. That's liveforeverish.com. I'm Dr. Mike. That's Dr. Crystal. Thanks for listening. <laughs>